This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Oh yay, oh yay, oh yay. Welcome one and all, welcome to this week's edition of Achtung Millwall, which is of course the number one podcast devoted to the myths, the legends and the sagas of the Lions. My name is Nick Hart, and I'm your Gandalf, overseeing the today's ring cycle with a kindly, but all too often cynical eye born of bitter experience. Friends, we meet once again in the aftermath of yet another defeat at the Den, but in sharp contrast to the humiliations heaped upon us by Gollum, this was an honourable fight, won by the better team, and one in which we can walk away with our heads held high, our jaws set at a heroic angle, and our broadsword still sharp for Tuesday night's must-win battle with Wigan Athletic. Today's show features full reaction to yesterday's expected but nevertheless disappointing loss to high-flying Watford. Oh, by the way, when will our balloon, confetti and streamer-strewn paths meet again? I knew I shouldn't have written streamer-strewn paths. When will... (laughs) Who knows? Who can say? First up in today's show with my reportage from yesterday's proceedings at Zampa Road, swiftly followed by analysis with Harry Warren, and then we close out today's extravaganza with show regular Glenn Allen. Listeners, the number of games and potential points available to us now are so few that anything less than midweek victory will realistically end any glimmer of hope remaining for survival in this season. So, with a steady hand, a glint in our eye, and foul language upon our lips. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let us study forth this Tuesday night and each of us do our bit to win three massive points from Millwall. Anything less than I fear it really will be. Good night, Vianetta. So enough old bunny off of me. Let's rewind the clock 24 hours to a sunny South Bermondsey yesterday afternoon just prior to kick-off. Achtung, Mehlball. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Zampa Road, South East 16, where we are witnessing a maelstrom of yellow ticker tape, yellow streamers, red ticker tape and yellow balloons. The feared Vic- Vicarage Road mob are in the house. Be afraid, listeners, be very, very afraid. Welcome indeed to Millwall in yet another relegation cup tie, effectively. Playing Watford this afternoon, decent team with the uh, league's best striker, Troy Deeney, who is on fire at the moment playing for him. So he's very much back to the wall. Very much odds against us. And very much no place to go but forwards, listeners. Mill unchanged, apart from the introduction of Beavers for Josh Hulvop in central defence. Those Watford naughty boys are bombarding the Watford end with yellow streamers, streamer upon streamer, ticker tape upon ticker tape. Similarly, older listeners will remember the 1978 Argentina World Cup where the first sight of the ticker tape welcome was seen. Now that was really, uh, you know, a whole stadium full of uh, ultra, proper ultra fans, not the, the modern day um, palace style ones, uh, launching a, an actual cascade of papers, one of those striking sights of my youth, my TV watching youth. Uh, today's not quite on that scale, it's got to be said. Uh, there's a few, you know, dots of red and yellow on the, on the, the, the one end of the pitch now. Watford kick us off, listeners. Attacking the Colbro Lane ha- end in the first half, as is traditional. Early chance here for Deeney, number nine front goal. Oh, brilliant save there by David Ford inside the first minute. Basic ball over the top of the middle defence. Deeney, number nine, the one player that I will know today. Was through on goal, fantastic near post block by David Ford. That would have been an early blow if he'd have got hold of that. Referee waste play on Watford got another opportunity, man overlapping the left ball into the middle box. Last ditch tackle there by Mark Beavers, clears it. Mill very much under cosh inside the first two minutes, listeners. Coming up for five minutes into the game, it's been pretty much all Watford since kickoff, listeners. All Watford so far. Ball is cleared by Jimmy Abdu. Finds Ed Upson quite cleverly. On the left-hand wing, he checks. Long ball, trying to find Lee Gregory. Probably a touch long for him. He's in there, Gregory's in on goal! Chased him well, the goalkeeper did well to take it there. Gregory's gone down, injured, but that was a nice bit of persistent running by Lee Gregory. First glimmer of hope for Mill in the game since it began. Six minutes gone. I'll tell you what, the amount of blooms and, and um, yellow bunting and streamings that are on the pitch from that Watford end. If you're ever looking for a, a baby's birthday party, this is Watford's the place to go to, I'd say. They seem to know their way around a party shop. 
Streamers, blues, banners, I dare say. I bet they, I bet they show the Palace away home on a few banners. Have a long ball seeking out. Lee Gregory controls it down by the left-hand side. By the corner flag, he wins a throw-in. Good work there by Lee Gregory. He's really improving his game in recent matches, no doubt under the tutelage of the, of the master, Neil Harris. But in terms of his all-round um, development as a, as a forward, he's improving game by game. That was offside, it's unlucky. So as we know, listeners, we are up against it at the moment, are we not? You know, we're, we're deep in relegation problems. Um, Maroon seven points clear of, of safety. Um, Neil Harris speaking to the news at the end of the week, speaking to Alex Aldridge, just won't set a point target for the final six days. Pretty much, I think it's got to be win all the way. The first defeat we get, that's a header over the bar there from the Watford uh, nine, Team Deeney. Pretty much for me, it's win everything. I, I, I know that there is a theory that a draw today will not be too bad a result given the quality of the opposition. Personally, I, I can't see any other result than a win to give us even a glimmer of hope. If indeed we are retaining hope, we are retaining hope, aren't we? It lives all around us within the, the ground at the moment. Hope is on everyone's shoulder. So that means we must win. Um, I think if we don't win, then pretty much we have to accept relegation at that stage for me. Um, Harris is not setting the points target for that reason, and I think I probably agree with him. As he says, with a deep philosophical uh, tone, how long is a piece of string? That's very true. Now, how long is a piece of string indeed? 15 minutes gone. We were starting to get their pressing game going more. Um, we've been pretty much out of it in the early stages of the game. But increasingly, in the last few minutes, we started to press from the front backwards, as we saw against Charlton. That does seem to be a method by which we see results down in this. There's Watford are not looking quite so comfortable on the ball. Very much a passing side, very much a, a team in the modern image, Watford. But we seem to be getting into their faces a little bit more in these last few minutes. So let's watch that. Watch this space. Mill on the attack at the moment. It's Cummings over on the left-hand touchline, that's going to, it's going to be another mill throw. In finds inside his upson, lovely cross into the danger zone. Upson wins it back again on the edge of the six-yard box. Oh, tumbling! No penalty, says the referee. That looked like a good shout for me, listeners. The ball crossed in by Upson, the ball rebounded back to him on the edge of the six-yard box. Shadows came and he went tumbling. Referee said he went down too easily and no penalty to be given. That looked like a good shout in, in real time to me. And I am totally, totally neutral and unbiased. As you know, I pride myself on this, listeners. You can hear what the Den thinks. 20 minutes and we all started to get their game going more now. There's a nice break there over to... Uh, Cummings on the, on the right-hand side, he pauses and checks. But we're starting to look more like the Millwall we saw against Charlton. In the early stages of the game, we're a little bit under under pressure here against Watford, but increasing in the last few minutes, we're starting to look like the team that we've come to know and love in recent weeks since the change of regime. Lovely one-two there, finds Cummings on the... Oh, that was unlucky, that angled pull. A lovely little one-two over on the right-hand side of the penalty area, angled cross-back, just on the wrong side of the middle forward there. Here come Watford on the attack, 21 far left. And stay with play here, crosses it deep, deep, deep. Full takes. Again, speaking to Alex of the news at the end of the week, Harris said consistency is the target, not points, it's consistency of performance. Harris says, I want them to perform again like they did last week. All I've asked for is consistency. We were excellent against Brentford and Chol, now I'll ask for the same against Watford. We can also be consistent within a game. We have long spells where you're on top and dominating. We did that against Chol, including when it was 11 v 11. In fact, we looked worse when we went down to 10 in that match, of course. So the message very much is play a certain way, keep, it, keep the tempo higher, keep the, the, the play pressing from the front, and aim for consistency, the C word. 
not the usual C where we get the den, which is of course cunt. Ups and boom, also reach a long angle um, pull out from, from Ford, nodded back, and Ford coming in. There's uh, Williams on the outskirts of the, uh, the penalty area, tries to find Harding. Blocked ball by his man, no free kick, this referee's not giving an inch to Millwall. Harding does want to fight back, the referee's giving nothing our way at the moment. Speaking to a lot of chaps still in the magazine outside before today's game. I mean, it's almost pretty much universal comment that what we want is, if we're going to go down, we go down fighting with heads held high. Um, it's a huge ask to, to survive relegation from this situation. We're in his ups on the edge of the penalty area. Well, Brian, not one, two, the yellow shirts are only falls now, so Abdul. It's, it's Cummings down the uh, right-hand side, ball in his blocks. Cummings may get it back again over on the right. He does, Abdul. Can't win it off the 23. He goes past him. So, yeah, it's this sense of um, probably getting your mule back. I suppose that's a good way to put it, isn't it? And you can hear a reaction. I mean, when you've been listening to these shows under the uh, ill-fated Holloway regime, you weren't hearing this, were you? You weren't listening to this kind of noise and reaction. That's because there's a Millwall team giving their all, playing a simple style of football. It's guaranteed to bring in the, 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 the massive weapon that is this crowd in this, in this stadium. And it's very refreshing. I mean, I, I personally, yeah, we may well get relegated, almost odds on, but I, I feel like we've recovered something of our soul. And that's a massive, massive thing. Due to a technical malfunction, I appear to have missed the Watford goal. I probably wasn't watching or paying attention. I apologise. Back to the action. Four teams on the attack down the right-hand side. Another ball across the penalty area. Another volley over the bar this time. Actually, it's some distance wide, in actual fact. Another chance for Watford. For, uh, was it, 27 minutes on the clock. We're under the cosh now, listeners. This is a tough situation to come back from. They'll do jumping up and down at the Wofford end. I mean, we might have our problems, listeners. We might be destined for Division 3. We might be the most reviled club in world football. Uh, we, they have, the FA hates us. The media hates us. We have, we have the, the, the world, odds of the world stacked against us. But we have much to console us, and that is that we are not Watford, no matter how far they go, what Premier League level they reach. How much money comes their way, we're not them. And I thought one take a lot of consolation from that. Some interesting comments in the week from Magai Gway, referring to his treatment under the Ian Holloway regime. Um, speaking to Alex Aldrich, um, and going on about the, um, the comments that Holloway make about his weight issues. Gway says those comments were stupid. Still break here whilst Watford have another attack. Not bobbing around on his penalty, that's false to Harding, he should be able to clear it and does. Clearly the boy was hurt by these comments, Gway. Um, you know, with a very public dropping from the squad, the references to his body fat index. Um, I personally have felt that Gray has always been a physical-looking boy, strong on the ball. I, I don't know about this modern obsession with body fat index. I mean, I, I come from an era where football was often carried a beer belly and, and uh, scored more goals than we could dream of. There's a ball across the middle box there from Watford, left, left side winger. 30 minutes. We're certainly keeping the tempo up in the game. They're, they're, they're trying hard with these long balls. Both Gregory and O'Brien are doing a huge amount of work as we approach the, uh, the 30th minute of the game. The goal down, probably deservedly so, I think, given the, the start and the uh, opportunities that Watford have carved out when they've gone forwards. But we haven't been that far off the pace either. But we've got to work hard to keep in this game. So you do get a sense they've got another goal in them yet. 
But I think what's interesting with Holloway's comments about Gray is the totally destructive effect that would have had on that boy. I mean, as it is, he's shown character to come back from that, do the work, do the gym work, and he's clearly now, um, you know, under no problems with the current Harris setup. But as man management, it's appalling, absolutely appalling. And you do get a sense from speaking to people in and around the club here that uh, what a charlatan Ian Holloway was. He was full of hot air, full of talk, full of empty promises. Which nothing, this won't be news to you, listen to this show, listeners, but it's just remarkable when you talk to people standing outside selling the magazine how many people on the inside of things here um, were, were seeing what we saw, shall we say, as, as fans and as spectators. Aidan O'Brien down in front of... Here he does a beautiful job of going past his defender. He's just probably overcooked that. A little bit of youth and experience. The player having a pop at him. That's wrong. That was, that was just the wrong choice from a young player to come very, very well to get past his man. And we'll win the ball back. Good fight. Good spirit. 35 minutes. Speaking in a week, Harris says that Mill won't be phased by a difficult running. We, are, we do have a difficult running. I think we've got, uh, well, after today's opponents are in, the, in the top six. Derby, I think we've got, we've got one or two others in, the, in that top half of the of the table, so we don't have an easy time of it, that's for sure. And we're not looking phased by today. We, we've conceded a goal against a good side, but now we've, we've had the spirit to come back from that. And again, we are looking the you know, the, the equals in the game so far. Lee Gregory trying to do some work. He almost nicks in there. Wolfram wins the ball. It's across the penalty area. Can't find Aiden O'Brien cleared by the eights. Nicked off the goalkeeper by Martin Wolford. Nice stuff, Millwall. So talk on, on the net of Steve Koppel um, acting as a kind of a mentor for, for Neil Harris, as a kind of a managerial sounding board, um, as, as the story puts it here on News at Den, that Steve Koppel is just a phone call away, which puts me in mind of the Rolling Stones chorus, uh, Gimme Shelter. Um, the killer is just a, just a shot away, isn't it, on, on that? Well, Steve Koppel is just a phone call away. Um, and he's referred to it by Neil Harris as a sounding ball for their ideas. And I don't see anything wrong in that. I mean, if he is on some kind of retainer from the club, a consideration, was it a refresher the lawyers have? I don't know, he's on a refresher from Mill Football Club. Um, and he can bring something to um, help with Neil's guidance and, and managerial development. I think that's only a good thing. There's one or two comments about him being a Palace cunt, and we, we all know that he's a Palace cunt. But I've never had a problem with him, actually. He's never really spoken badly about Millwall, to my knowledge. Maybe someone can correct me if... Um, if he did come out and say what pieces of scum and shit we are, but I've never seen it, if so. So I don't see the problem with, with Copper coming in as a kind of a managerial mentor. Some do have strong feelings on it, though, and uh, we'll be exploring that probably in some of the later pieces on, on today's show. Where do you stand on the issue, listeners? Let me know. Why don't you tell me what you think of the idea of Steve Copple acting as a mentor for Neil Harris is? Some will like it. Some will think it's the best idea since sliced bread. Others will think it's the worst idea since... Steve Lomas. Um, let me know. Tweet me. Email me. Call me. Why don't you call me? No one calls me anymore. 0208 144 0232. Give us a shout. Tell me what you think about Steve Koppel coming in as a mentor for Neil Harris. Quickly taking free kick. Finds Wolfer just inside the off penalty. He's going backwards. Abdul shoots from distance. It's pushed around the post. Daisy cut a shot from distance from Jimmy Abdul. Push around the post from Mill Corner. There's the half. Neil Neil Waffle won at the half, listeners. We've got the grounds to feel themselves aggrieved out of that half. I think we haven't done too badly overall. Waffle have bust it in, in phases. Good chance to, to win, win the, uh, the goal. Probably the difference between the two sides is their ability to take a chance. 
we haven't looked bad in, 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 in fits and starts. As it is, we're behind. I, I, I personally feel if we don't win today, then uh, it may be good night Vienna for the division, but okay, what do I know? Achtung, Mehlball. Got a half-time tweet here for you, listeners. I know you like the half-time tweets, don't you? Uh, one here from Craig King. He says he doesn't recognise this Mill team from that clown. It's the clown, of course, being Ian Algernon Holloway. The only difference in that first half was a class finish. It was a class finish, Craig. And a shit ref. Well, we always get those, don't we? Mark Litchfield says, you know what would be really nice? If this linesman on the near side kept up with play once in a while. Interesting tweet here from Smithy. Billy Smith, MFC, says that no, no Cardiff fans have travelled to Leeds today. No Cardiff fans whatsoever have gone up to Leeds. I presume they have the same kind of ticket restrictions that we get, which is pick up your tickets from some motorway service station. So as a consequence, they've um, boycotted the game. That's an interesting move. Maybe one that we should follow with. I don't know. It would be interesting to see the, the club and MFC, uh, the MSC supporters club maybe some of the other alternative groups take a lead on this and boycott the Leeds game because of these awful restrictions that we have to work under. Millwall halfway line says, well played Millwall. Excellent performance that just lacked the killer instinct that comes with confidence. That's very true. And Alex says, Vidras, Vidras, whatever his name is, Vidra, Vidra, Hydra. His clinical volley separates the two sides. The Lions have largely held their own, but have lacked quality. That's just been a story of the season, isn't it, Alex? That's very true. Tone Hill, Tony Hill, Tone Hill, says to Lions Live Radio, he'd bring on Gray and Bailey for Walford and Williams. Um, Bailey, I can certainly see coming in, whether for the full 45 or the last 20 or not, I don't know. Gray, I do agree with your tone. Um, I, I like Gray, as I said earlier on in this piece, and I do think we'll, we'll see him at some stage fairly soon, because he does bring a physicality to the attack that we're just slightly lacking at the moment. Achtung, Mehlball. Here we go, second half. What's it going to bring? What stories, what secrets and jewels lie within? straight on the attack. That's not a bad little start. Uh, Gregory fighting hard with the Watford. Uh, def- I think instructions in the second half. Look, they're going to be to get the ball forward and long and high. Get the, get the get the football played down at that Watford end of the pitch. Nice work. Aina Bryan pressing high again. Ball into the box. It's gone for a mill corner. 46 minutes. First minute of the second half. We've started pressing high from the from the front backwards as we come to expect. That went off the boil a little bit at the end at parts of that first half for me. But very much the instructions, it seems, for the second half. It's going to be a middle corner now. It's going to come in from the right-hand side. It's going to be Sean Williams that takes. Near post. Oh, off the line. Off the line, near post ball. I don't know who got the head on. Looking like Wolford. I might be wrong there, listeners. A long way away from where I'm sitting. But it came off the line. Unlucky. Always oh, opportunity, fall down at the feet of the onrushing Troy Deeney. Troy Deeney sounds like he also have come out of Stingray. Was that Troy Tempest, was it? And Troy Tempest had a thing going with Marina. Troy had a girl back at uh, the base. What was that organisation called that Troy worked for? It wasn't Shadow, was it? That was Captain Scarlet. Um, it was like some kind of international marine defence organisation. And Troy Tempest captained the Stingray. Um, gunship, warship, what you would call it. And on board ship, he had a, a Deep South uh, co-pilot called Bones, who was a faintly stupid. He was there for kind of a kind of talk and laughs and kind of stupid accent, which I can't do. And he also had a mute kind of underwater sea creature, but in a female puppeteer form, um, who would say nothing. 
that Troy had a thing for her, despite him having a girl. I think she was the daughter of the head of the base of this, this international marine organisation, whatever it was called. And uh, he's here, and the, uh, they never got actually, I don't think they actually got physical, because it was only a kid's puppet show, never got into any kind of um, unseemliness, shall we describe it as. Um, and also, of course, Marina, as it was known, she never had anything to say for herself, which is probably the ideal woman in some ways. She had all the looks, nothing to say. <laughs> I don't know, my wife doesn't listen to this. Anyway, that's what Troy Deeney makes me think about. 52 minutes on the clock, Mill Throw coming, he's going to take. Down by the right-hand side corner flag. If we can get a goal here, anything becomes possible, listeners. Cummings does nicely. Nutmegs his man there. Can he get a cross in? He can't. It's all nearly where across, flashed across the... Uh, what for Pellish has gone for another corner. Millwall. Nice work by Cummings there, listeners. Harding's just clattered the five. He's gone rolling about three or four turns over. He's getting some abuse down there for that. <laughs> The guy's leaning over the, over the side to abuse that fire for rolling too many times. Stronging it. He was stronging it. Watford on the break. This is Deeney over on the left-hand side. Number nine, he, he back heels in front of the 21. That's a goal. Goal, goal, goal. Unlucky. Good move. Can't deny it. Deeney done well. Back heel chance in. Ball across the middle. Goal. And slotted home from close for 2-0. And the Watford mob want to have some down there. They've been held back by one one barrier. They've been held back. Same story as the first half, really, listeners. There's been a lot of mill possession this second half. They actually look pretty good. But uh, the first clear-cut chances, Aidan O'Brien into the Watford penalty area. What can he do? He's trying to twist and turn. Got two men on him. Tries to find... He's got Abdu just inside him. He plays it back to Sean Williams just inside the penalty area. He's now Aidan O'Brien over on the left-hand side. Williams again inside the half. Oh, he's come for corner. Mill corner. 57 minutes. Yeah, story of the half. I mean, we've, we've had opportunities, they've got possession. They've had the chances and they've taken two chances, really. Two clear-cut chances, two goals. Therein lies our season story, listeners. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. Wolford coming out of the game. 58 minutes. Gray coming into the game. O'Brien down the right-hand side. Can he get it across? He's blocked by the goalkeeper. Yeah, Gray free inside the penalty area. Wasted chance. Must be said. Wasted, wasted chance. Good work by Dapson. Wins a free kick. After a period of those stupid Olay chance that you get in football matches nowadays. God, I hate... I'm against modern football, aren't I, listeners? I sound like a right-old dinosaur. Well, I don't mean to. It's just that some of the empty plastic stuff that you get nowadays. They're Olaying Watford to manage to string four or five passes together. What a laugh. Jimmy coming out of the game. Just short of the 70th minute, Lee Martin's come in. Just under 20 minutes to go in the game. Got to take your heart from Mill's spirit, that's not gone down. We, we do lack quality. I mean, the, the difference between the two sides today has been the clinical way in which Watford have taken their chances and Mill have not taken their chances. We've been, they've been aided, aided and abetted by a linesman and a referee who are clearly either not in full command of the rules of the game or perhaps are arguably corrupt. I don't know which it is. I can only leave that to your speculation, dear listener, which one it might be. Probably, possibly both, I don't know. Another move will change. Harding is leaving the game. Meyerhofer's coming in. It's Meyerhofer time. So 17 minutes left in the game. Meyerhofer clearly being brought in for the confusion that he brings. It confuses me. I don't know what he does to opposition defences. He certainly confuses the hell out of me talking to a young lady outside selling the magazine 
quite an admirer of Stefan Meyerhofer. I can't believe it's for his footballing skills. Maybe some of his other attributes, I don't know. He may have many talents. May have been his ability with languages that she was admiring. Um, possibly his command of, uh, you know, physics, I don't know. Here goes Lee Martin down the right-hand side. Does a little step over, wins a little bit of space, gets a cross in, it's flicked on. Meyerhofer clattered by the goalkeeper. Just as he was looking to nod it in. Clear cup of two. Looks like Mayhoff may have been chinned by the goal. Goalkeeper we may have come off the worst. That was a bit like when the Scharnhorst rammed the HMS. <laughs> what did, did the Scharnhorst ram anyone in the war? It, it sculled itself, didn't it? The Scharnhorst sculled itself. I don't know what I'm talking about. I was going to compare it with a, a, a German battleship ramming another British warship in the, the Battle of Jutland. I don't think that actually happened. Ignore me. I don't think any of that actually happened. Fearless tackle by Sid Nelson there. Put the Watford player on the floor. The bent linesman can wave to wait to wave his silly little flag about there. The 22's down on the floor. Nelson took his man. Well, I thought he got a piece of the ball as well, but I don't think we're going to get any change out of that contest. Of course, the dead applauds him, as one would expect. Watford now have an opportunity to another break down the right-hand side. There's nine on the edge of the penalty area. Dini can't beat David Ford from there. Brilliant save by Ford. Watford finding a lot of space now. The five's now coming down the left-hand side. Deep cross. It should be a goal. 20, how did they not score that? He managed to control it, pass it to the 24, but over his head instead of to his feet, which would have been a clear open goal from Watford. Overall, Watford have clearly been the better side in that they have contained us and have taken their chances to take them very, very well. Two minutes to go. Um, yeah, so Troy Dini hasn't looked quite the player on fire that we expected. But overall, they do look a strong side. You can see them being a strong playoff contending team, if not automatic promotion. Millwall, we've pressed well, we've pressed hard, enthusiasm. Um, from the front backwards on a, another day against a, a lesser side we would have expected more out of this we had opportunities, we've had chances and shouts of penalties, we've not taken them and you pay the price at this level when you don't take opportunities as we've seen from that sunny day back in, in August yeah another Watford player rolling around the floor like he's been shot we're deep into uh, injury time at the end of the game that's been one aspect of the, their performance that has taken it away from me. I mean, I, I came into the game, um, I, I haven't admired Watford today. I've admired some other teams that have been beaten by this season. I've, I admired Middlesbrough when they, they came and took us apart. I, I haven't admired Watford. They've more than done a job, clinically speaking, but there's a lot of continental style rolling around on the floor. It sticks in the throat, doesn't it, listeners? It doesn't add to the game, and uh, much as they've been the better side today overall, it's hard to feel the uh, same level of respect for them that uh, better teams bring to, to, the, to the game. I'm rambling. Overall, Millwall performance has been pretty good. I mean, I can't fault the spirit. I can't fault the team ethic of the side. Um, we've been found wanting in front of goal, and the referee has not given us an inch today. So um, I don't think we can pick out anyone as, as being particularly bad nor anyone particularly being brilliant. I, I suppose I've liked looking at that head up and that. And in fairness, Cummings has not done too badly either for us. There is Mill Nil Watford 2. Um, so lovely listeners, we were up against a decent side there today, albeit a side that I find hard to like. Um, they took their chances, we had opportunities which we didn't take, so um, in the end you get what you, you deserve in this life, don't you? But that's that, I think that was a tough result, I think that makes our, any struggle against relegation 
even harder still. Um, big game Tuesday, but I think that possibly was the one that's going to put us down today. This is, sorry to say it to you. We'll be back after these messages. Achtung, Mailball. Stop with today's result. Call 02 and leave your message now. Good performance today. Shame we lost. Message for Neil. Can we have 11 of these, please, next year? I made it when I went to England. Um, and I trained for a week at Millwall. And uh, I had to wait two months. But when I got on that plane, I thought, I'm, you know, this is halfway here. I just need one chance. And basically, that week was the best week of my life. Everything that t- touched hit the back of the net. Um, every move that I made was, you know, it was just perfect. And I was so excited and so over the top ambitious. And I had a sit down with Alan and said, you know what, we're at the Premier League club. They want to sign you. There's a first division club. They want to sign you. And there's no... And I was like, awesome, awesome. And he goes, so the Premier League club are offering double, first division club are offering three quarters, and they're all offering 250 pounds. He goes, it's good about the Premier League club. And I went, yeah, it's great. And he went, so uh, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to sign for Millwall. Uh, and he goes, what? And I said, I want to sign for Millwall. I said, they give me an opportunity and I want to repay them. And he said, yeah, but, you know, and I said, yeah, but nothing. And it was done. I just wanted to learn. So if you're a mechanic, you learn your trade. I just wanted the, the kit. I wanted to be part of something. I just wanted to train. And it was the best experience of my life. I played for the, the most passionate fans in the world. Um, and that's when I knew I made it. Good evening, Axang uh, Millwall. It's uh, Nigel, the Millwall fan, calling in. Um, bit of disappointing day to day. Um, not long back from from the den, um, a lot of two nil off to to Watford. It's not looking too promising at the moment, is it? Really, um, it must be said. But at, at, at times like this, I think we do need to look towards the positives. We had some uh, good performances out there today, and, and and were it not for the referee um, not giving us a, a blatant penalty in the first half, um, and also young Aiden uh, sort of missing that chance in the second half. Uh, things might have been different. It could have been a different scoreline, uh, which I suppose is, a, is an obvious thing to say. But um, but there you go. Um, oh, but uh, it, it, there were some uh, encouraging, encouraging signs. The best, best best bit of skill of the game, um, in my eyes, for me was, was Sean, Sean Cummings. Um, in the second half, he did a fantastic nutmeg of, of the uh, Watford fullback. Um, and uh, got to the byline and managed to put a, a cross in, which got blocked and went went out for a corner. Um, but I, I don't know if anyone else um, picked up on this, but he then picked the ball up and, and rolled it towards um, the, uh, the corner flag, and the ball stopped exactly in the um, quarter circle. Is it? I don't know if you, do you call it a quarter circle, uh, a bit by the corner flag. Is it a quarter circle? The bit that looks like a, a cheese out of a cheese out of a trivial pursuit. It, it stopped right in there. Uh, which was quite amazing, really. Um, so I waited round after after the game, and as, as he came out to, to go to, to his car, I said to him, um, uh, "Young Sean, I said that that was a fantastic bit of skill there in in, in the second half, down by the byline." And he, he said he said to me, "I oh, thank you very much." And I said, "Have you have, have you ever thought about 
taking up uh, crown green bowls um, because perhaps one day you and I could have a game. And he just looked at me as if I'd asked if I could make love to his sister. Um, probably got in the car and, and, and drove off. Um, so there you go. That's my encounter with uh, with uh, Sean Cummings. But uh, um, going back to the game, um, man of the match uh, for me got to be um, Ed Upson. Um, he showed a great range of passing today. I thought he was he was he was spraying it around more than Jamie Oliver during a heated argument. Um, fantastic performance for him. He really has come on in leaps and bounds these these past five, past few weeks. Um, sad to see on um, also what. Uh, Oh, oh no, not sad to see. Of course, it's not sad. Um, uh, Rotherham lost. That's, that's good news for us, isn't it? Um, keeps us within touching distance. Um, the possibility of us staying up um, remains. Um, oh, what was fucking sad to see was the Palace one again. And I, I can't tell you much how much I detest those those Nigels, which is which is ironic, I suppose, because well, my uh, well, my, my name is Nigel. Still, um, I did have a larger. Each way bet, like a lot of the nation this morning, I had lumps and went down to bookmakers and I've had a large each way bet, which I'm looking forward to collecting some money on later. Um, I had Cambridge each way um, on the boat race, so it looks like they're going to come second, um, and uh, as, it, as it's actually going on at the moment. Uh, so I'll be making my way to the bookmaker shortly to collect my, my winnings for that, uh, for that each way bet. Uh, that's all from me for this evening, um, and the Nigel signing off. Cheerio! Hello, darlings. This is Elton John. I unfortunately couldn't make today's game between Millwall and Watford because Dave and I set forth from our Hertfordshire mansion toward Watford, where we were set upon by a group of ruffians and forced to submit to homosexual acts of some depravity. At the moment, we are lingering over a glass of red wine and describing them in, in, a, in a kind of uh, offloading kind of manner. The acts were too depraved to describe on this family's show. But I was so sorry to miss out on Watford's 2-0 win at the new den in Zompo Road. Two pick, darlings. I should hopefully speak to you soon with another album. Perhaps one about the circle of life or some such nonsense. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Achtung, Mailball. All right then, big welcome on the show now to a previous guest, Harry Warren. Welcome back to the show, Harry. Yeah, cheers, mate. You all right? Yeah, just um, feeling quite mellow, actually. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing in the wake of a 2-0 defeat, but I feel quite mellow. I, don't, I think it wasn't unexpected today's result, was it? No, I, 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 I mean, I was saying before the game to my brother, I said I'd take the point off these as long as we get three on Tuesday night kind of thing. Yeah, I was speaking to a lot of the chaps outside selling the magazine. I mean, it was very much the same feeling amongst a lot of us. I mean, I, I actually took the view that I mean, a, a win was probably always going to be too much to to hope for. The, the, what for a decent side, but um, not not brilliant, but strongly decent. I don't know if that makes sense, but they they, they didn't over impress me today. No, I don't think they over impressed us. Uh, me either. I think going forward they're they're phenomenal, really. I mean, the chances they created in the second half were were, were clear-cut goal-scoring chances, and I was surprised that it did finish 2-0 in that sense. But 
on the overall game, I think I agree with Neil Harris when he said, you know, for three, three sort of in three thirds, we we were better than them. The the third that matters or the, the bit that matters is scoring goals, and yeah. they can do that, and we can't, unfortunately, today. Oh, completely. I mean, that, that's that's the season in the nutshell, Harry, isn't it? I mean, it's 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 the same story. Whenever we've played any teams of quality in the, in the league, it has been that final third. Today's chance, I mean, the opening goal I thought was a brilliantly taken chance. You've got to take your hat off to that, uh, catch a, you know, a quarter volley and put it in the bottom right-hand corner of the, of the goal. It's the kind of thing we've not been doing all season and, and they do it on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, defensively, I think Cummins was at fault for it. I mean, a lot of people are going to say Ford was rooted to his spot, but I mean, the strike, his quality was saying that, you know, they, I'd, I'd be surprised if they don't get to the Premier League. They've been threatening for a couple of years now in this division to do it. And uh, they've got that kind of, just that little bit of quality that sides in the championship kind of lack with that chance kind of thing. We would have blazed it into Colbo Lane, like <laughs> the bottom corner. Ricardo would have put it out the ground halfway down Hilderson Road, wouldn't he? But, um, you know, I, I, I know what you mean with, with Watford. I, I I might be controversial in saying this, and I, I, listeners will have to, you know, make their own call on this, but I, I found them, for the in terms of the quality sides that we've played this season, and they are, what, they're third in the table as we look at the table tonight, um, I was more impressed with some of the others we've, we've seen. I mean, Middlesbrough are the ones that really impressed me. Norwich, I thought, I know they played us at a different point in our um, our evolution. But Watford didn't impress me as much as those teams did. I, I, I found it hard to admire them, if, if that might make sense. Yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. Especially the, the the closest one you could say was the Norwich game. Yeah. After, uh, Holloway was the last one and they come down and they passed the ball a lot better than what Watford did. But then is that because we have a newfound still and resolve under Mr. Harris that we didn't have under the clan that is Ian Holloway? So Almost I certainly. That... Almost certainly, mate. I, I think that is the difference. Um, and I, you know, just to take that point on, I, I think today we did show the same kind of um, approach that we saw against Charlton last week and at Brentford before that. Um, you, you know, we 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 do um, we do tackle from the front going backwards. We do press, and the ball's got forward a lot more urgently and with a lot more intent than we saw under Holloway. The solution was always simple, Harry, wasn't it? I mean, it, it was. It almost makes your heart bleed to think what could have been if only we'd shown this earlier on in the season yeah definitely I mean the, the point is it weren't like Holloway hadn't done it I mean I remember Fulham away yeah all we done was press Fulham we got our goal we defended resolutely and we got we got three points on that day yeah so the answer was there of using Abdu's legs to basically chase down everything and alright he's not the greatest passer of the ball but he's a he's a worker and he's a trier and that's all Mill will ask I mean we can forgive a lot of things but not trying is isn't one of them. No, it's the one thing that you'll never get away with at the den, that's for sure. I mean, today's team, and we had one change, so it's a near unchanged side. Beaver's coming in for whoever, who I, I believe was injured. I, I don't know if you saw anything, and I've not I'm not seen any any um, official reasons to why he was excluded. I'm, I'm taking it injury. Yeah, I'll be honest, I, I didn't check either. I just sort of turned up at the den and realised it was Beaver's at centre-back with, with Nelson rather than Uvelt, and... Thought he might have been dropped to the bench. Maybe they were using Beavers against De Deeney or something. I, I don't know, but I didn't see he was injured. Maybe he's injured. It could, no. I wouldn't have thought he'd change a winning side for no reason. I mean, defensively today, I mean, I, I've read online around the boards and on Twitter, Harding taking a little bit of a, a pounding, and one or two didn't like Cummings. I I thought Cummings played quite well. In fact, I was going to name him my man of the match, so that's probably going to earn me a torrent of abuse because um, he seems to have um, divided opinion somewhat. What did, what did you make of us defensively today, Harry? Uh, 
I don't like Harding. I don't like Cummings, but I uh, I thought Harding had one of his better games actually for us defensively. It makes you um, wonder what game we're all watching. We've had so yeah. many different opinions coming away from it. Yeah, I mean, I don't like Cummings. The reason I don't like Cummings is I I sort of thought he was brought in to do the job that Carlos Edwards did for us last season. Yeah, and he doesn't. I mean, defensively today. I mean, for the first goal, all right, I might be Yorkshire critical, but we they what for the crossfield ball. He let the ball bounce, which you're taught from a young age, don't let the ball bounce. Yeah, let yeah. the guy beat him and pass it back inside. And it happened two or three times before that, so it weren't like the, the alarm bells weren't ringing. But what 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 can you say? I mean, these are the players we've got, and I suppose it's no good singling out them two things. I mean, let's compare it to a month ago. Like you take this all day long, 2-0 against Watford compared to the pounding against Norwich where it could have been 6, 7, 8 or 9. Yeah, totally. I mean, they could have scored what they wanted that day and I think they would have got it as well. I mean, I take your point with Cummings. I don't think he's the greatest defending um, right-back he is, isn't he? Um, and I thought going forwards, which I presume using your Carlos Edwards um, analogy, I don't know where you're going with that, but I thought he got forward better today and passed his man a couple of times as well going down that, that touchline. So I, I didn't take I didn't take it that he had a bad game, but I have read one or two remarks online that, you know, slating him slightly. Yeah, I think it depends from where you sit as well. I mean, obviously, in terms of not just in your opinion on them, but in terms of in the grand, I think you see... Things so many different ways depending where you're sitting and what angle what angle you've got. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Arden to me sometimes when he's on the left hand side looks scared by the east lower. I mean, he wouldn't be the first person to be scared by the east lower. <laughs> they scare me. <laughs> I sit two blocks over. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes I, I don't know. I just feel like we say, "Are you a Millwall player?" Yeah. The yeah. easiest way you can describe it for this season would be Briggs. Probably has all the talent in the world, could do it on, could do it if he really wanted to. But is he a Millwall player? He's not because he's not going to get on with. He's not got the resolve or the bottle to to take the abuse and then turn around and go. You know what? I'm going to show him, show him. I am the bollocks. I am going to do this. I am going to do that. Cummings is either if you compare Cummings' abuse that he gets to Dunn's, it's it's nothing, is it? So that's that's, that's what you got to compare him to. Compare him to Dunn, and then we then we'll be all right. Midfield, I thought the midfield did okay. I mean, Jimmy Abdu is Jimmy Abdu, and you you get what you get with him. And um, you know, he's, he's there to, to to run his legs off, and so he does. Sean Williams, I thought, was improved today. Um, Upson, I think, has been a revelation these past few games. What did you make of the midfield, H? I, th- I thought we were good. I thought we that was probably a really positive game for the midfield. I thought Upson was uh, blinding that, yeah. like he was against Charlton. He, he, I don't understand why we haven't been playing him. That's what the really frustrating thing is, like you said earlier. It's too late. It's just so frustrating. You can see a side now. Yeah. Had a year, and it's just... And some quality, you know, some quality plays. I mean, I, I, I include um, I include uh, Walford, who I, I watched go past a man like, uh, you know, if it was a Brazilian, you'd be raving about it. Upson did one or two flicks and turns and balls that you think, wow, that's from a different level, you know. Um, and you think, yeah, where, where has this been hiding all season? Clearly, the manager, um, he who should not be named anymore, had personal style issues with some of these players. It's the only thing I can think of and didn't play them. Mm, I mean, you've only got to look at the Guia, you're fat, and yeah. you play Gary Taylor Fetcher. Let's, yeah. uh, let's sum that up in one in one ridiculous... I mean, Williams has been going for a bad patch. I think anyone who's seen him in a Millwall shirt would know that he hasn't been having his 
his best patch recently, but he seems to have improved. I mean, he'd done a Cruyff turn today and went past two men like they were standing still. Yeah. He sort of seemed to grow in confidence from that point on. Yeah. I mean, up, up front, Lee Gregory and Aidan O'Brien, I, I, I do like them as a combination. I mean, again, the criticism, I suppose, of the team, even now, even with our improved spirit, we're still not carving out clear-cut chances, Harry, are we? No. I mean, O'Brien had the chance in the second half at 2-0. Yeah. He could have squared it to Guy and he, he took the shot, and I think it is because... I don't know, is that a good thing in your striker to be greedy? I suppose it is, really. You can't really judge us against Watford. I think it goes back to your point at the beginning that it was a weird atmosphere because everyone kind of expected us to get beat, and as long as we didn't get embarrassed, I don't think anyone minded too much, which is a weird a weird attitude to take into a game. I mean, there's a bloke on, on the House of Phone I was reading, I think his name is Rich H, and he's, he's posted on there that, um, it, you know... it. We're all going on about the spirit and the improvement in the in the squad and blah blah blah, um, but it can't it, it can't be a good performance where you've been beaten comfortably, as he put it, by Watford two nil. Um, I know I, I kind of know where he's going with that. You can never praise a defeat, although where we've been and where we've come from, it does feel praiseworthy to at least be playing with some spirit and some fight now. Yeah, I don't think it was comfortable though. I don't think you could Watford would sit there and go, "We were the worst side they've played this season." No, I don't think it was comfortable. I mean, there was two two good penalty shots. I don't know how much you saw of either oh, either chance. I, I I got a good view of the first one, um, which was the Upson getting clattered inside the six yard box, um, which is down near my end of the ground where I sit. And in that moment, my instinctive reaction, I did it on the live piece, was penalty. I thought that was a clear cut penalty in that moment. I haven't seen it since. So I've had that benefit, and there was a handball, I think, in the second half, but that was further away. So I, I, I can't give you much on that. But the general consensus seems to be two good, clear-cut penalty shouts that were turned away. I think penalty in the, the second half handball one, I can understand why he hasn't given it because from where I was sitting, and I sit obviously closer than you to that one, yeah. I couldn't tell you if it was a penalty. He also then didn't give. He then gave a free kick to him three seconds later for Beavers. I win the man down after he'd smashed it square into his hand. Yeah, yeah again, saw that. They, yeah. I mean, the referee had an absolute mare. The linesman on my side, on the east lower side. The far side, yeah. Yeah, yeah four awful. times the yeah. ball clearly crossed the line and he didn't give it for, for a throw in, gave nothing. He seemed to be waiting for the referee to give everything. But the, pe- the penalty in the first half, I mean, that is the turning point for me. I think before then, we, we were kind of the early sparring of the game. We, we looked quite comfortable and we looked... I think they were kind of surprised how we come out. And Upson was, was in. I mean, he's on the six-yard box yeah. waiting to pull the trigger. And the bloke just clatters him. I can't... But I mean, what more... No. Do you have to get, what more do you have to do to get a penalty? I mean, the bloke almost turned up. You might as well have given them the three points then. Do you know what I mean? When you're going to give decisions like, hey, I ain't going to go our way. It felt like that. I mean, I, I don't know how much we'll see. If it's on the Football League show, I don't know how much of that incident they'll show. Um, in real time, in the moment, my instinct, as soon as I saw that was penalty, looked clear cut. I'd like to see it again because I want to see, you know, you, st- you start to doubt your own memories at my age, Harry. I'm afraid you start to imagine you saw things that you never saw. to look forward to. <laughs> but in, my, in that moment, I said penalty and I remain convinced of it even now without seeing it. Uh, the handball one, no, I, I, you know, as we've said, I can't add much to that. But uh, the referee did have a mare and the linesman, especially on that far side, looked like he belonged on the local um, park pitch on a Sunday morning, not in a professional game of football at that level. No, I mean, I think you're right. The thing is, as well, I think we're the featured game tonight on the Football League show. Yeah. I'm not too sure. I think whenever you see the camera up in the top of the uh, top of the away stand, it's always a, a sign for 
BBC taking an interest in us more, rather than our usual 30 seconds. <laughs> and um, other than if we've had a fight or something. And they, uh, they, they, they've got to show it. I mean, it is, it's diabolical because this, imagine, let's, let's play devil's advocate here. Imagine we've gone 1-0 up and held on. Yeah. And you're now, you're now four points behind. And everyone starts saying they're four points behind. They've taken points off Watford today. They've got a game in hand. And it's a suddenly it's a completely different complexity to how the bottom of the table looks. And that's probably going to... They talk about big decisions costing millions and millions of pounds. Well, that's probably, to me, all that's, that's massive. Oh, so, totally. I mean, the, the, the game was at nil-nil at that point. That would, that would have given us a clear-cut scoring opportunity. Who, who would have taken that? We don't know. But anyway, that would have been a moment where we may have taken the lead. And as, I, as I've read elsewhere, at nil-nil, Watford had the advantage of knowing how Mill were going to come at them because we've got to win the game from from there. You know, they know what we've got to do. That gives them the opportunity to hit us on the break, which is always going to be their strong strong suit. So, yeah, it was a huge moment, and it arguably cost us the game. I, I, I believe it, it cost us the game. A 1-0 lead would have looked a lot different to a nil-nil, and then nil-one. Yeah. But there we are. Ref- the, the poor standards of referees a constant thing that we've been talking about all season. Just looking at the Watford manager's comments, Slasser Djokanovic, J- I think you pronounce that, um, he says actually that uh, Watford didn't have the game under control. He believed that they should have had the game under control for more minutes of the match. Um, and we caused them problems. Um, he understands why we caused them problems. It's a very important game for Millwall. So, I mean, you know, I, I do take the point. It wasn't a comfortable win for Watford by any... If their own manager's saying that... That was, you know, they had to work hard for their points there today. I, I felt. Yeah, I think they did. I think they, they couldn't work out. We didn't let them pass. I mean, I've watched them on Sky a couple of weeks ago, and they like to pass it out from the back and sort of play a very continental style of sort of quite nice foreign sort of pass it through the midfield. I mean, that's how they beat teams. They overpower you in midfield and hit you on the break. Yeah. And they scored two goals on the break against us. So. Whilst we were having to press forwards because of the circumstances that we're in. Indeed. But there we are. Who would you pick out as your man in the match, Harry? Who would you choose from today's selection? I am going to go for Mr David Ford. OK, interesting choice. Interesting I, choice. I thought the save that he made early on in the game against Dean, he was borderline back in, back at his best, straight back off his line. He made a couple of saves in the second half where, all right, they were 1-0 and 2-0, but, you know, it... He still, he still was playing like it was nil nil. Yeah. And he was, a, he seems a lot calmer under Harris than what he was under Holloway. He's starting to get back towards the David Ford of of old. number one fame. Yeah. Clearly, clearly, I think you're right. Clearly, the personalities of the of the little drama that we've been through this year uh, must play their part. And Holloway seems to have had a negative impact on on a lot of players actually throughout the squad. And I think Ford is is chief amongst them, isn't he? I think it's an interesting choice. Um, I think I would probably go for... I can't argue with David Falls' choice, incidentally, so I'm not going to dispute that. I might go for Ed Upson. I, I just like the I like the improvement. I like what I'm seeing with him. He, he has a touch and a quality that we, we, we lack across the squad, and I just, I just like the look of him at the moment. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think he, I think he was a positive to come out of the death throes of the Holloway, yeah. the Holloway issue, is to have someone that... You know, you look. I, I don't sound silly. I'm looking forward to next season, League wherever one? that is. You think it's League One, or you think it's a Championship, Harry? Hopefully, it's the Championship. But even if it's not, I'm looking forward to playing good football, winning games under. Yeah. Hopefully, Harris. If not Harris, someone that wants to use that side that seems to be coming through, or that spirit that we seem to have won again, which is, which a, a, a sort of midway through February, March, 
you know, even yourself yeah. must admit that you were start. There was a moment that you said in a previous podcast about the Norwich game where you thought we'd, we'd lost our meal and we weren't going to get it back. Yeah, no, totally. It's like we'd lost our soul almost, you know. Um, and now that's been recovered. I mean, talking to people outside. Um, myself included, there, there is a sense of a weight having been lifted off our shoulders. Whatever becomes of us, and I, I think most of us are, you know, realistic on on the relegation front. I'm just looking at the table as, as you and me are talking here. I mean, we're seven points shy of safety. Um, that said, I mean, hope springs eternal, doesn't it? We've got Wigan on uh, Tuesday night, isn't it? Um, huge game, and my spies in the Middlesbrough camp tell me that Rotherham are absolutely awful today. So. Um, hope does spring eternal. I mean, we've got to win on Tuesday to keep the pressure on, but if we do, it'd be an interesting trip to Cardiff next Saturday, won't it? It would be. I think that suits... I think as well, that's the kind of thing that suits us. If you look at our running, I mean, the Cardiff and Blackburn games are winnable games simply because they've got nothing to play for. Yeah, mid-table Cardiff now 12th, yeah, agree. So you've got, you've got to look at it that... You know, if we the problem is, is we'll struggle to beat Wigan, but then I could see Millwall quite easily going and winning two, three nil away at Cardiff, and that is that is that's through years of experience of Millwall on a Tuesday night, and uh, we all know what it's like on a Tuesday night on there. Yeah, back to work on Tuesday after a defeat on Saturday sounds brilliant, but I, again. They've always been our bogey side, Wigan. Well, we, we'll keep our fingers crossed for it, mate. That's <laughs> it's, it's fantastic, Harry. I, I really appreciate your time tonight, mate. That's uh, that's brilliant. Look after yourself and you, hopefully speak again before the end of the season. Achtung, Milbal. Massive welcome there to show regular. I think I can call you a show regular, Glenn, now, can't I? You've done it a few times now. Welcome back. Well, might be the uh, the show jinx. I think I don't think I've been on um, <laughs> for a win yet, have I? <laughs> Not yet. No, that's true. Your show jinx. Get off. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Glenn Allen. Um, we speak in the aftermath of yesterday's defeat, two 0 defeat at home. Um, I was just saying to you before we started recording, Glenn. I, you know, last night I felt reasonably mellow about things. I thought we we were, you know, we, we were in the game and um, you know we, we had our, our chances. But today I feel like we were actually robbed. I, I'm looking at um, Aldo's published a vine of the um, Upson penalty incident in the first half. It was a clear cut penalty. I feel I feel robbed today, which I didn't yesterday. Oh, I haven't seen that yet, so I'll have to go and have a look at that. But for me, there were. Three shouts for a penalty. Two of them for me were one hundred percent penalties, and that would be that one and the handball in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see enough of the handball. I'm further away from that that end of the pitch, but um, I mean, clearly the reaction of the crowd, as it was at my end, when ups and went went down in the first half, was penalty. And you know, you, you I don't know, maybe twenty four hours on, I, I I just feel that the the quality of the refereeing. I know we go on about it show by show week by week and I dare say other clubs do as well but sometimes it really hurts and yesterday it's actually starting to hurt more today than it did last night yeah because uh, you know 1-0 from a penalty you know no guarantee would have scored it but no, you know you get a penalty and you just don't know what could happen I mean you know maybe we would have ended up losing 5-1 or something stupid but you've got to have the opportunities and when you're seeing poor officiating like that especially from the linesman as well on the uh, on the east side he was appalling. That linesman over there was—I I could see the ball across the line. I'm on the opposite side of the stadium, you know, up in the west end, and the ball crossed over in front of the East Lower over there. I could see it from where it was, and he didn't—he didn't raise his flag. Where these people come from, I, I, I just think it's scandalous that you know, big 
situations. I know I know people say it's the, in the nature of the game that is run by humans and humans make mistakes, but um, that hurts, doesn't it, when you see people of such a poor quality officiating our games? Well, it's not like it, to, you know, was was a if and but ball out out of touch. It was clearly way over the line, and even I could see that from the south lower. Yeah. So we'll see. Looking at this is what this is where it hurts. I think. I think sometimes you just have to say it like it is, mate. You know. Um, what did you make of yesterday's performance, Glenn? I, 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 I think overall, I, I felt we were we were unlucky yesterday. What did you make of proceedings? Yeah, I guess if I could describe it in one word, it'd be prideful. Uh, you know, you're playing a team that are there or thereabouts for going into the Premiership, and I thought we made them look quite ordinary. Uh, both the the first goal was a real sucker punch. It really sort of got you in the gut. But unlike when we were under Holloway, where you think, well, one nil, that's it. You still had some hope. Yeah. No. I mean, the, the spirit and the and the spine of the team. I mean, you know, other people described it as a bit more steel and a bit more, um, you know, uh, a willingness to fight. And that's that's the, that's very much the Mill spirit. That's that's completely coming with the change of regime, and that's what Harris has brought in. I think it says it all at the end of the game when we get, you know, we've lost two 0 but the the fans are clapping them off. Yeah. And at, and at half time as well. So um, and what warmed my uh, what warmed my cockles, as it were, was uh, some bloke booed at the end of the game and about six people turned around and told me to fuck off <laughs> well that's always that's always heartening isn't it <laughs> oh dear i mean some i i found it hard to pick out any any critical players just i mean in the sense i found it hard to criticize anyone yesterday well, i've got two for you. <laughs> go on, you, you, you i found it hard but go go for it mate because I, I was interested to hear who the, who the players might be well there's show favorite you know stefan meinhofer um, oh, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. Right. And uh, one, there's just one little bit that bugged me so much because it just, it's unforgivable for me, and that's where Lee Martin bottled a bottled going for a ball um, that was going out of play, and that really, really wound me up because that's uh, unforgivable um, at Mill, in my opinion. He could have got his foot in and got the ball when he just sort of stopped and let it run out of play, and that wound me up. I didn't see that. I didn't. I didn't see that incident. I mean, I, I, Martin um, was a, was a kind of a cameo because he came on the 68th minute. And I think he made one cross. There was a cross that produced half a chance from one of his. I mean, he's, he's a good crosser of the ball, but I, I do take the point about um, it doesn't always have the uh, the courage in the tackle that you see elsewhere. You look at the likes of Aidan O'Brien, and these boys really do mean it and are committed. And that if it's missing, you know, it's painfully obvious when it's not there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I might be being unfair as well because he hasn't really played much, and he's you know come on and expected to do sort of miracles in the in the time that he had but uh, and I thought his crossing was probably the best uh that we'd had in in most of the game yeah um, I mean if I could be critical of anything of our team and it, it seems to have carried on is that I think we are absolutely atrocious at set pieces I've never seen anything like it we're so bad at corners throw even throw-ins we're awful at um, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't deliver a corner very, very well. That's that's for sure. I mean, we had quite, a, quite a bit of possession yesterday. Actually, we 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 bust the possession statistics. Not that I set a huge amount of store by these things, but fifty-one to forty-nine according to the BBC. And, and interestingly, another statistic, um, just to throw another one at you, Glenn. Um, we had four shots on target. The BBC say Watford had five shots on target. So, given that they've scored twice and we've scored zero, I think. You know, again, it's it's um, it's the season boiled down to real basics, there, isn't it? Yeah, there was a little bit of um, it was strange. It felt like there was a little bit of uh, lack of confidence again, a bit yesterday in front of goal. But uh, they're doing they're doing what you know what we've asked really. They brought the kids in, which everyone was asking for, yep. and giving it a go, which is what everyone's asking for. There's not much more 
No, and the team have given 100%, Glenn. I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's like you just said, I mean, the, you know, the, the one chap that wants to boo or criticise and he's getting slated by his fellow fans is because we've seen um, we've seen the commitment that we demand. And, and in the end, you know, um, I, I still think we were beaten by the better team yesterday. Would, would you agree with that that comment? Um, I don't think I do, actually. I don't think they were particularly any, any better. Um I thought I was actually quite surprised at how ordinary they were, and I'm not sure that you know how much of that is us or um, how much as they looked. I mean, they did look a bit nervous. I mean, there was a Watford fan who tweeted who said Millwall were a better team. We look nervous today, but you know, three points is all that matters. And I think that's probably a good summary of what I thought of the game. It's, uh, it's it was just two chances in front of goal that were taken better than what than the chances that we had. Yeah, I, mean, I, I suppose I use the expression "the better team" in in that specific sense and I think it goes to the heart of it I mean we matched them and it was the, the expression of two thirds of the pitch we matched them and in the final third the, 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 the business end of the game the whole point is to score a goal they've scored twice on on, uh, on five shots on target and we've scored none on four I mean I, I'm not saying that to be particularly critical of the, of the team it's just it's just illustrative of why we're in the bottom three of the, in the division so in that sense I make them the better team in that they took their chances and, and we failed to take those chances yeah, when you look at it anyway, I mean, in any season, would we, I mean, considering this is a team that we've conceded, what, 10 goals in the last two games, 15 goals maybe in the last yeah. time, three times we played them. Yeah. You know, that is a, a, a massive difference to me. I, I think any, if we'd still been under um, hollow words, we would have been that sort of result <laughs> again, I think. Um, hollow words. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the rubbish shots. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, I mean, speaking after the game, Harris has has come out quite strongly. Actually, I think he's he's developing a jacket esque way of putting his point across in a um, you know a, a firm but um, without being an outrageous way. He says it was a stonewall penalty, uh, meaning the the ups and clattering in the first half. And he says that referees have a difficult job and have to make decisions straight away. Um, so I think that's being diplomatic there because I thought the referee was appalling. He gave us nothing in the whole game. Did he? No, I mean the only thing he probably did maybe let us off is that Nelson may may have potentially got a red card for what he did. Um so he did sort of let us off a little bit then, but uh over the top as well. I don't even notice every time the referee did you know waved his arms to say no penalty or whatever, yeah. he was very uh theatrical about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I noticed that. Who would you pick out as your man of the match, Glenn? Who would you take as as, as a mill the strongest of the Millwall group? That's a good question. Not Mayer Hoffer, I'm taking it. <laughs> No, no, you know, it was, it was a little bit behind the rest. But... <laughs> I was selling the magazine outside, and there's one young lady uh, um, who, who was quite smitten with T Stefan Meyerhofer, but I don't think it was his footballing talent that she was smitten with. I think maybe no. that may have been other attributes. <laughs> so. That's what I was thinking. I mean, it's, it's hard to choose because I thought there were some good performances. I mean, despite the, the fact that everyone wants to criticise him, I thought Ford had a great game. Yeah, um, it could have been. It could have been a few more, and he not pulled off some of those saves that he pulled off. Yeah. Um, um, and he did he did make me laugh when he belted the ball in the back of Nelson's head. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think I don't think Sid was very happy with that. No, that was so David uh, Ford, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I thought Jimmy had a good game before he came off, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Um thought Aidan O'Brien worked really hard. He always does. I mean, that's one one trait that I like in Aidan O'Brien is this this immense work rate. I mean, the boy tackles from you know uh, he's, he'll chase the goalkeeper down. He'll, he'll do the work, and you've got to love anyone that will put that amount of effort into into playing for the Mill shirt. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's hard to. It was it was more of a team performance yesterday than it, than anyone being particularly outstanding. I think. Yeah. Which I actually prefer in a way. 
Um, I, I might pick out Ed Upson. I, I, I think Ed Upson is a a player who's who's coming on leaps and bounds. I mean, um, we've we've made the point previously about um, why he wasn't being picked under under Hunter Holloway. Um, I, I just see I, I'm seeing so much in his game at the moment. I almost want the season to be extended now. I mean, obviously we can't do this, but you know, it's almost like we're having a new start to the season here and now. And we're seeing players of some promise. And you want to see more of them. Um, and I just think that Ed Upson has been harshly dealt with at Mill for well, for whatever reason, I don't know. But he didn't get a fair crack of the whip at all, did he, under, under Holloway? No, and I think, uh, you know, I think this is a, a sticking point sort of thing. But, uh, you know, I, I kept saying, when Fabrini was here, I'd rather had it, have Ed Upson playing. So yeah. that's the sort of player that I'd rather be having in the team. Yeah. And I think he's showing why I think that it's, it's there's more pr- productive play from him. Mm. Um. You know, no offense to Fabrini, he was very exciting. He flip flapped and stuff, but it wasn't what we, it wasn't what we needed at this time. Um, no, no, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Diego Fabrini, as, as you as you know. We've had the conversation before, but um, he was never ours anyway. So I mean, he's gone now, and it was it was whilst it was enjoyable, it was like a holiday romance, wasn't it? As well, whilst it was there, it was enjoyable. Now it's gone. Yeah, um, he gave us the wrong number at the end. So. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I've said all season that I don't think it was the players' fault, and I've, st- I've stood by that. I don't think the players were particularly at fault all season. When you've got players shrugging their shoulders and looking at bits of paper that have been handed out, when you've got Holloway constantly shouting at them and distracting them during the game, mm. um, you know, I just I just never, ever thought it was the players' fault. Like, we didn't know what was going on. They didn't seem to know what was going on. And I, it just needed some stability and some ideas. And that really showed yesterday. I mean... For 90 minutes, I don't think we ran out of ideas. No, we always look like we're in the game. And potentially, um, you know, we potentially even late, late, late. I mean, it, it kind of faded in the last few minutes of, you know, extra time, injury time. Um, but until then, it, it, we, we kept going. And, you know, we, we looked like we, we were always looking for a, a chance to score. Yeah, that's, that's all you can ever ask for is, is to give give 100%, put the tackles in. And we'll we'll walk away happy. And it's just it's such a shame because when that first goal went in, it really deflated. I think the fans, but that's only because of where we are in the league. Yeah, no, I I, I, I agree. We, don't, we didn't deserve it as such. Um, and it just it, I know it's like ifs and buts, and I I'm not a fan of ifs ifs and buts. If we had got rid of Holloway earlier, would we still be where we are? Maybe, but we'd be going down with a lot more fight. And it's just it's just such a shame that we didn't get rid of him sooner, which everyone knew that we should have done. There was a good debate on on House of Fun. Um, someone made the point that you know we've been beaten by um, you know a strong side yesterday, and we, and we had. I mean, I think it, Millwall played. We, we more than matched um, Watford in 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 the bulk of the game, <clears throat> the bulk of the pitch, apart from the critical last third. But if we played that way against some of the weaker sides, if we'd have played that way against the likes of, um, you know, Blackpool, who we lost at, and um, one or two others that we can think of, you know, yeah, I, I think it's almost certain we, we wouldn't be in the bottom three. We may not have been top half, but we would be in that kind of mid mid to lower respectable kind of um, survival mode, you know. And it is a crying shame. It's, it's a man-made disaster here entirely. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a shame, but... Uh... You know, we'll always be here, wouldn't we? Suffering. So um, at least, at least we can go into next season with a bit of hope, no matter what happens. Because honestly, I thought if Holloway stayed, I could see us going even further down 
Oh, entirely, yeah, entirely. There's an interesting post I picked out to talk about on, on the House of Fun. <clears throat> bloke calls himself Triple X Tourette's. Um, <laughs> um, it's actually quite clean language, so I can read this out verbatim. Um, now, he says he thinks Harris will get the job and hopefully we'll have a productive pre-season with the youth and, and uh, you know, other players coming into the squad. Um, the bit I've highlighted, he says, the only problem I feel is that if we play the Millwall way, in inverted commas, which we know what we mean by that, I can only see it taking us so far. I don't see us competing in the championship playing this one-dimensional football. Um, now, I, I, I'm not sure I agree with that because I, I like the Millwall way. It's what I want to pay my money to go and watch on a Saturday afternoon. I know we will never achieve Champions League status with the Millwall way, but you know, on any given Saturday afternoon against any given team with the den on, on side, it's a fantastic place to be. And that's actually all I want out of my football. How, how do you feel about the Millwall way as, a, as an approach, Glenn? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've mentioned this a few times on, on Twitter is that I don't go to Millwall for, you know, sexy football or anything mm. like that. I go to watch blood guts and <clears throat> put the effort in and for me to get angry and let out my frustration of the week at work. The Millwall way is all I want. That's what attracted me to the club in the first place when I, you know, when I was a kid and getting taken around to different football clubs. I, I that's what I identified with. It was something different. I mean, um, this is, Tourette's makes this point, and it kind of develops what you're saying there. That um, Ian Holloway was, in, in Tourette's opinion, was right to try and change the way we play because he was trying to move us towards, however incompetently, towards this so-called modern way of playing. We see it every week when you know you see the, the better sides in the in the league coming down to the den, and Watford to a degree showed it yesterday. It is a passing-based game, um, very different to the up and under, get out, up and atom style that we love. Um, whether we, whether Holloway was ever going to succeed in re-educating us in some some way, I I seriously doubt. I don't think you can re-educate the den. I don't think we we didn't take to that style of play, like you know, in the bulk of uh, this season. I don't think we ever will do. To be to be absolutely blunt, if if we start playing nice football, is it still Millwall? You know, I mean, we've <clears> been to two FA Cup, uh, sorry, two FA Cup semi-finals, one FA Cup final. Um, you know, playoff finals, all playing the Millwall way, you know, maybe with a little bit more quality in some of those teams than others. Yeah. Um, if we start playing nice football and stuff, I don't know if I'd want to go, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's an interesting debate. I mean, again, a Bahrain Lion says that the reason we got promoted from League One previously was Steve Morrison, and the reason we did well in our first season was Steve Morrison. And the reason we've struggled in the past three seasons is because we didn't have, never got anyone to replace Steve Morrison, other than briefly Chris Wood. I mean, the, the the point being that we played direct. We had a quality striker in Steve Morrison in, in his pomp, anyway. And that's actually what we've lacked. We've lacked that kind of self-belief to play that way and stick at it with the right players in the right positions. Maybe, you know, relegation with with uh, Neil Harris, as, as seems, you know, highly likely, means we can recover that sense of who we are and what we do and how we play the game. I, I, I personally enjoy that I, I like it um whether that means i'm some kind of dinosaur i, I don't know glenn yeah I, I agree i mean i i i don't know how many fans feel the same as me i mean i don't want to i don't want to go in the premiership i think it's a soulless horrible league where you're paying 60 pound a ticket to go away i'd rather be league one and championship annoying clubs in the fa cup and knocking out these big you know big teams and embarrassing them that's that's what i want to be i want to be like how we were under Mick McCarthy, mate, like, you know, that yeah. thing where we were higher up championship, mid-table championship team, and we'd get Arsenal, Chelsea's in the cup and 
and knock them out. And, uh, you know, it's 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 the little things that matter at Millwall. It's like, um, oh, the Charlton game. It was the Charlton game where, you know, we we beaten Charlton. Yeah. And every, it, the, the change that everyone felt, you know, the, the the way that everyone felt coming out of that, you know, we hadn't won for so long. Oh, totally. I mean, it, you know, and it, we, we, we won it in a Millwall style, didn't we? Um, you know, it, it was... You know, blood and thunder, and that's that's what we're all addicted to, Glenn. We're addicted to drama, and you know these these kinds of big occasion games where the crowd are part of the of the drama that takes place on the pitch. That's yeah. that's what we follow. That's what we're at. I mean, let's be honest. I think most of us are bored when things are going well. <laughs> we don't know to handle success. <laughs> David Ford says that, if, in his opinion, Neil Harris has got a big future in football management. Um, it's a big summer coming up, and presuming that he, he gets the job, and I don't see any reason why he won't get the job. He, he seems to be showing enough, um, you know, managerial nous to to certainly uh, carry on next season with him in charge. The the main thing that strikes me with the continuation of Neil Harris as manager and, and Livermore as his as assistant is the, the next big moment will come in the summer with the, the wheeling and dealing side of the job, Glenn. You know, at the moment we've got a series of cup ties effectively. Um, and a very set situation. But come the summertime, there'll be players moved on. We 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 hopefully won't see the likes of Mayhoffer and um, you know one or two others knocking around the squad that will be outed at last. But you've got to bring in other players. You, there's, there's the there's the wheeling and dealing side of the job, and that's that's an area that he won't have any experience of. No, I mean there is also the issue. I don't know if it comes into effect pre-season or not. If about the uh, the limits on what you can spend. Did I read with 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 transfer frozen or something next season or some? I'm sure I saw somewhere on, online that from January we're under some kind of embargo because of the the, the financial fair play rules. I'm, I'm sure I saw that somewhere. Yeah, um, so, I mean uh, that, that that could be an issue. I don't know what Harris can really it, what he's limited to. Um, again, because our club don't tend to be very transparent, hmm. um, <clears throat> which is one of my you know big issues with uh, with Ambler. Um, that's a different. That's a different situation but you know i don't know what how much harris's hands are tied but again i wonder how much of the team he's going to be buying anyway is it going to be a lot of the youth team coming through um you know fred getting called back uh, mark Wiss has turned down a contract at Gillingham, so i wonder if uh if harris has had a word in his ear because mark had a lot of time for harris he wanted the number nine shirt yeah because he was he, you know he was a fan of harris and he scored again yesterday, Glenn. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's, there we go. Scored again yesterday. The Gillingham won. Uh, I think they beat Bradford one nil at at, uh, at Priestfield Stadium, and John Marquis came off the bench to get that winning goal. So I, I don't know how many he's got down there, but it's it's, it's up in the eights or the or possibly yeah, even the nines. Um, now that's that's not a bad record, is it? That's I know people slated um, John Marquis somewhat unfairly. I always felt. Probably because he's a Millwall fan himself, so therefore you can you can dig out one of your own. But um, yeah, I mean you're right. I mean we do have one or two prospects, you know, on loan at other clubs. Um, maybe Harris, uh, via this director of recruitment that we we've appointed, he must have a purpose and the use of some sort. One would hope it would be to find nuggets in the rough, wouldn't it? Well, to me, that's the sort of person that needs to go at the pre-season anyway. But uh, <laughs> I hate all the directors of football and head coaches and all that sort of stuff. It drives me nuts. You know, you, you have a manager and assistant manager. <laughs> Where do you stand um, on the Stevie Copple? The Steve Copple question, Glenn, because I mean that that kind of links in with that point, doesn't it? The this is the um, story that Steve Copple is um, acting as some kind of mentor 
um, sounding board resource, whatever you want to call it for, for Neil Harris. He's, he's just a phone call away, apparently. Steve Cocker is just a phone call away. Um, do you approve of that that approach, or would you rather see Harris live and die in his own efforts in, in that uh, sense? The latter. Uh, I'd rather Harris should be... He should mould himself into the manager that he wants to be and use his ideas. I mean, one of the things, um, before we got Holloway in, I said I'd actually want a manager that wasn't as experienced. You know, like we had like Birch and with us as, as like full manager or whatever. Yeah. And stuff like that. Maybe not him, but you know, what I what I think the problem is is that the football management is quite stale at the minute because everyone has just been sacked from so many different clubs. And all, to me what experience means is that you've been sacked. I think what football needs is some fresh blood who have their own ideas, who haven't been um you know, knocked down by the, uh, the the wears and tears of modern football. The system, the system hasn't destroyed. Yeah, you know, um, you know, throws themselves upon the gears and papers <laughs> of uh, of modern football. But um, you know, that's what I think we need. You know, if it's if it's more of a sort of you know, like I'm here, you know, pace tenor uh, to give me a call and a bit of advice or whatever. You know, that's maybe a bit different. But if they wanted to bring him in as a, some sort of full time advisory, I'd be very against that because um all that shows to me is that they don't have the faith in harris now we not had enough ex-west ham and palace people around that are not not doing anything for us so i'd rather just harris um, yeah i mean and do what they want to do um and i'm sure harris has got people you know he's got um i actually think harris would do would do a lot better for us because I think a lot of people respect him in the footballing world because of what of you know his history of his story, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he might actually be able to get players from Premiership clubs out on loan to us more than you know. I expected Holloway. I thought he was meant to be this sort of man of the people who had all these links or whatever. Um, and he didn't. He did worse than you know Jacket. Um, yeah, it's, it's just more hopeful. That's all I can say. It's like you know you walked out the ground yesterday and you know we've lost. And everyone's like everyone around you know just talking I'm, I'm sort of listening into people's conversations like a right nosy bastard and <laughs> you know everyone's like yeah it was good wasn't it yeah it's a shame you know blah blah it just it, it was just so different yeah it's it's, just, it just you know goes to show you can you can lose a game but you can still come out as a winner as such with your head held high yeah exactly and that's all you ever want at Millwall, wasn't it to, to be to have pride and that's what we had so one one last story i just want to close it's, it's non-millwall but you you picked up on your Twitter feed that this is Millwall Twitter feed, Glenn, and uh, it caught my eye. The uh, Cardiff City boycotted their away fixture at Leeds um, and there's an, an image online where the the away section is totally empty. I think there's one or two, you know, more stewards than fans there, let's put it that way. Um, I, I thought that was a fantastic gesture by Cardiff to say no, have no more to do with this West Yorkshire police-inspired nonsense of collecting your tickets from some service station. Yeah, the whole backstory is great because apparently they were offered um, a lot more tickets, but it was a service station tickets. Yeah, uh, and they sent them back and said and said no, we want real tickets. Um, and sort of the <coughs> FA sort of stepped in as well, and then Leeds went, okay, you can have five hundred tickets. Right. Um, and after consulting fans, um, and that's actually consulting fans, not like Millwall way where they say they've consulted the fans. And <laughs> <laughs> um, 
they uh, they sent them back and said no piss off and uh, I've I've got nothing but uh, respect for Cardiff for doing that. That's something that we should have done a long time ago. I agree. I mean, and it's also interesting. I mean, we, we don't do what you might call fan solidarity at Mill in any yeah. way, shape, or form. It isn't in our DNA. Never will be. I don't think. <clears throat> but that's an example. Of if if people do act in unison, what can be achieved? I mean, it, you know, it, it sends a powerful message. It, it was a whole block of seats empty there, Glenn, wasn't it? That picture's quite quite stark. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it hits. It, it's going to hit them where it hurts the most, and that's their pockets. Yeah. So they, you know, they could have had five hundred times forty quid or whatever, um, and they've gone. They've gone to seven people who've bought the ticket. Fantastic. Um, no, no. Well done, Cardiff. Well done for sticking with that. Yeah, it's better than throwing sausages on the pitch. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah. I wasn't going to mention that, but that, that was the Birmingham. What was that? Some kind of um, fan protest at the way their their clubs being yeah, run. I, I don't know if they even done it. To be honest with you, I can. I just had this vision in my head of of Stewart's patting down people trying to find a sausage. Wall sausages. <laughs> And you just stop laughing about it. It's like, you know, it's been some awkward uh, searches from stewards at that game. Is that a sausage in your pocket, sir? <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's, that's the sort of thing that, you know, is rather embarrassing. I hope God, for, you know, never happens down at Millwall. No, never, never. In, I, I just cannot believe anyone will ever try such a stunt at Millwall. It just, it just would fail so miserably that it would be embarrassing. So, um, I, it w- wouldn't work. Toast at Bournemouth away, eh? <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> That's fantastic, Glenn. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. Sunday morning, I appreciate take, you taking time. No worries. Look after yourself, and um, we'll speak soon before the end of the season. I hope. Yeah, no worries. Take care, mate. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.